Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a joy to come together and open God's Word this morning. We're wrapping up our series on ordinary people in Scripture, where we've looked at some extraordinary leaders. Um, Last week we were looking at David, David and Goliath, a a Sunday I will not soon forget. And... uh, where uh, Goliath ended up face down on the, on the stage, and uh, our dear David with a, a plastic sword uh, over his head, at, at which point I, your pastor was sweating profusely up here. And, uh, but uh, many thanks to Nathaniel and to Lawrence for, for acting out uh, the Word of God. Today we're looking at another extraordinary man. He is the son of Jacob, the grandson of Isaac, and the great-grandson of Abraham. You know him as Joseph, the, the boy with the technicolored coat, with the coat of many colors. Um, he is an amazing character, and uh, I just want to look briefly at his character and what he can say to us this morning. Um, God had dealings with Joseph and with the preceding generations. How many of you was your father a Christian? Was your grandfather a Christian? Was your great-grandfather a Christian? We're still going. Your great-great-grandfather, do you know of your great-great and their faith journeys? I can only assume my family came here seven generations ago when there was a famine in Ireland and we came as refugees, hungry refugees to Canada where we, we started building mills and, and farming the ground. Joseph knew that his father, grandfather, and great-grandfather were all people of faith. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were all men of faith. The Old Testament refers, God refers to himself. We refer to him as Yahweh. He refers to himself. He says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's what he says. It's like me saying, I am the husband of Sarah. I am known by someone else. God, our God, the great Yahweh says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They must be important people. Thousands of years later, Jesus described God in the same way. Matthew 22. Jesus says, did not God say, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob? He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. And it's an interesting introduction to God. It shows us that God defines himself by relationships with his people. I am the God of Gerhardt. I am the God of Edna. He's our God. And he, he is known by his people. I am the God of Trish, he said. The God of John. It's amazing. He is known by us. Jesus is known by our name. And he was known by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's known by his relationships. For one thing, it tells us that God is the God of relationships, and he's a God of people who are flawed. If he is my God, then he is the God who loves a flawed man, an imperfect man. We see this throughout Scripture that God loves and cares for people who are not perfect. He loves us, though we may fail, though we may be weak. He chooses us as his people. 
It's a wonderful truth that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is a God who seeks that unique relationship with us. You can see God has a unique relationship with each of these three men. Isaac, sorry, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They are all unique. Abraham was called to, to, to father the world. God said to Abraham, your descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky. It's incredible. He, God was calling Abraham to start something new. Abraham was a pioneer. He was an explorer. Is that you? Are you, are you an Abraham, sort of a pioneer, an explorer? A, 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 God is doing new things through you. Are you an Abraham? Then there's Abraham's son Isaac. Isaac was different. Isaac was called to be not to be a pioneer. He was called to receive the inheritance of his father. He was called to stay home, to lead a peaceful life, to plant a garden, to take care of people. Isaac didn't even leave home to find a wife. God sent a wife to him. Through a servant, God found a wife for Isaac. Is that you? Are you an Isaac? Did God call you to stay home, to to grow your family, to take care of of where you are, to be rooted here? Are Are you an Isaac? And then let's go to Jacob. Now, Jacob reminds me of some of your children. Uh, he's, he is a troublemaker. I'm not looking at anyone. I love your children. But you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Jacob was called the heel grabber. He grabbed his brother's heel. You know, as we saw the kids up here uh, smacking each other a little bit during the children's story. Um, God uses all sorts of different characters, and Jacob was a person who needed a lot of improvement. Are you a Jacob? Did God call you and love you? But boy, you were a raw diamond, and he has been working on you to make, to perfect you, to, to make you shine for him. Are you a Jacob? Did God work really hard to, to fix you? <laughs> and Abraham, pioneer, Isaac, a stay-at-home, stable person, taking care of others. Or a Jacob, someone that God worked hard at, at, at uh, shining up. These people all illustrate that God chooses different personalities to be his followers. They all related to God in different ways. God isn't tied, you know, there is no one-size-fits-all Christian. I mean, look at us. We're all Christians. Or we're, we're going to be Christians. And Lord willing, by the end of this service, we'll all be Christians in here. There's no one-size-fits-all. Have you ever tried a one-size-fits-all shirt on? Have you ever tried one? Because they kind of fit me like a tent. Mm-hmm. There is no one-size-fits-all believer. The stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob give examples of how God works in the lives of different people. So the question is, which one of these three is you? Are you Abraham? Your life is full of challenges and changes that require great faith. Maybe you're the first in your family to become a Christian. Maybe you were first in your family to move to Canada, to build, a, to, to find your way, to to build a business, to build a home, and to grow your family here in Canada, to to blaze a new trail. How many of you think that you have a bit of Abraham in you? How many of you have an Abraham in you? Can I see a hand? Some of you, I know you're Abrahams. I see some Abrahams out there. I see you. I see you. 
How about Isaac? Isaacs were called to, to grow a Christian home, uh, caring for those and growing them around them, continuing the heritage of faith, serving here at home, bringing up your family, being a great friend, being someone that people can rely on. That's the Isaac. Who here has a bit of Isaac in them? Is a good, solid friend who's building their life here, taking care of their children and their grandchildren. Come on, put up some hands. I know you're Isaacs, you're out there. Jake, you're an, you're an Isaac. I see you out there. There's so many Jacobs. Now to Jacob. How about Jacobs? How many of you has God had a lot of work to do? I'm not looking at anybody. <laughs> not mentioning anybody's name who might be married to Lydia. Um, <laughs> no names. God has been working on us. We have a stubborn streak, and God has been working on that, Jacob. You, you, you know you're the person, you kind of want it your own way, but God says, no, you've got to go my way, and we are a diamond that God is shaping and cutting. He loves us, but boy, we're a lot of work. How many of us have a little bit of Jacob in us? Come on. How many of us is, yes, yes, Marga, you definitely. <laughs> no. To be honest, we all have a bit of all three, don't we? God has called us at times to be pioneers, at times to be caregivers for those around us, and at other times to shape up. He's called us to shape up. I see a little bit of those three in, in each of you, and I'm so proud of you. Um, as I visit your homes, as, as we serve together here at Scott Street, what a joy it is to, to be God's family and to realize that God has chosen you uniquely. I, I, and as we see the children grow up, um, I wish Bob had put his picture up on screen. Wouldn't that have been fun to see when he was 11 years old? Um, we are growing up our children, and we see their characters even now. And what a gift to take care of them. And then this year, we have at least three new babies that we know of coming coming here. I wonder if they're going to be Abraham, Isaacs, or Jacobs, or a little bit of all three. These three people were entirely different in personality and character and circumstance, but the one thing they had in common was that they were people of faith. They were children of God, and God's requirement to be his child is faith. We are all his children of faith. The kind of faith that God requires is found in Hebrews 11.16, which says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Without faith it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must, one, be a person of faith, faith, believe that God exists, and earnestly seek him. Believe and seek These are the two things that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did as people of faith. When we look at those three characters, we realize that God does not require perfection. And to which we say, uh, thank you, Lord. We are not perfect people. What he requires is faith. Is there anyone here who is perfect this morning? Because I will buy your lunch. Because I have a lot to learn. No, there is no one here who is perfect. But we are people of faith. Faith is not believing that God will do what I think he should do. Faith is believing that God will do what he has promised. And we're going to, as we get to Joseph, we'll see he lived up to his promise. 
Because of the faith of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, God was able to establish the huge nation, the nation of Israel, and to bring blessing to the world through the generations. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob used different circumstances in order to bless us and bless others through us. Now, let's look at this man, Joseph. When we look at the story, so Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Joseph was one of 12 sons. Any of you have 12 in your family or more? 12 or more? I see Paula. One, two, three. There are a number of you came from large families. I was up in Elmira with John Jansen in the spring, and we were, uh, we were packing meat, chicken. 770,000 tins of meat get sent by the MCC around the world for relief efforts. And, uh, and John and I filled some of those tins. We went to this, this meat canning factory in Elmira, and there were, a bunch of, uh, there were a bunch of beautiful people there. Some of them came in buggies and horses. Some of them came in black vans with no radios. Some of them came in and took off a bonnet, and underneath their bonnet was another bonnet. It was beautiful. So I'm there with a man who came in a black van. And he was fun, and he was big, and he had a farm, and he did maple syrup, and he, he, did, uh, he, he ran a, a beautiful farm. He even has a website. He doesn't have electricity, but he has a website. He said to me, Rob, I have six, no, I have five and a half dozen children. He was so proud. Rob, I want you to know, I have five and a half dozen children. And I thought, you've got 66 children? He was there packing meat, and he has this little, beautiful little wife with a, with a white bonnet under her black bonnet, her white bonnet, and she was beside me, and I looked at this lady, and I thought, there's no way. 66, come on. 66 children, and he was, he was just laughing at me. He was bigger than life. John, remember him? John, Jan- yeah, remember that fella? We sat down to lunch with him. And he goes, well, Rob, you know, uh, how many is half a dozen? I said, six. And he goes, well, how many is five and half a dozen? I go, 11. He goes, yes, I have 11 children. He was just playing with me. And then I looked at the lady, and I thought, she had 11 children? That little, sweet, beautiful lady had 11 children? Well, Jacob was one of 12 boys. There were girls, too. You never know what you're going to find when you're up packing meat. There's a word of wisdom from a vegetarian. (laughs) So here is this Joseph, one of 12 boys. If you read the book of Genesis, Joseph is half of the book. Verse 30 to 50 is all about the life of Joseph. We talked about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, Joseph is mentioned more than those three combined. Joseph is, plays large in Scripture. He's a very important character in the Old Testament. Now, Joseph was the kind of person who seemed to have it all. Have you ever known anybody who seems to be really talented, very intelligent, great personality. On top of that, they're very healthy and they have good hair. (laughs) Have you ever known anybody like that? And life just seems to go well for them. They're sort of a golden boy. That was Joseph. 
He was, and what happens to the golden boy? Sometimes they become their father's favorite. I am my father's favorite. He only had one boy. (laughs) Joseph was one of 12, but he wasn't perfect. His brother saw that he was a bit of a spoiled brat. For one thing, he annoyed his brothers by explaining his dreams to them. His brothers got sick and tired of hearing about Joseph's dreams, where his father and his brother ended up bowing down to him. They turned out to be prophetic dreams, but telling his brothers about it was not smart. They became jealous. They became jealous of Joseph. They kidnapped him. They sold him into slavery. They, they brought back his clothes to his father and, and said, Oh, I'm sorry, Jacob, your favorite son was killed by a wild animal. Yes, Joseph is gone. He was killed out in, out in the desert. They lied. Joseph was sold to an Egyptian named Potiphar. And Joseph, being Joseph, was very successful. You can't stop that guy. He rose to the level of chief administrator of Potiphar's house. Now, um, there's this, it's an interesting Story, unpredictable, with twists and turns. There's a lower story and an upper story. The lower story is where we see what's happening on earth. The upper story is is what God is doing through Joseph's story. You have an upper and a lower story too. What is God doing through your life? In Joseph's case, the lower story kept looking worse and worse. So he is sold to a man, Potiphar, his wife, and he's made the chief steward, sort of the head over the whole household. And Potiphar's wife took a liking to Joseph. She tried to seduce him. And this is where we see what kind of man Joseph is. He told Potiphar's wife, he says, Potiphar has withheld nothing from me except you, his wife, because you are his wife. So how could I do such a great evil and sin against God and to have relations with Potiphar's wife? Genesis 39.9. It's pretty impressive that Joseph would would be a man of character and tell this woman who had power over him, no. So you'd think that God would reward him for doing the right thing, wouldn't you? Did God reward Joseph for denying Potiphar's wife? His his wife's name was Zuleika. Potiphar's wife, it's it's, it's not well known. She was Zuleika. He said to Zuleika, no, I will not sin against God with you. And did God bless him? No. What happened is is that Potiphar's wife accused him of attacking her. And then what did Potiphar do? Throws him in prison. This lower story is a hard story, isn't it? Joseph goes from trouble to trouble to trouble. Threw him into prison, and there's Joseph in prison all the time. One thing was going on. If you read the scripture, it says, But the Lord was with Joseph. That phrase is repeated over and over again in Genesis. The Lord was with Joseph. That's the upper story. That's our story. As I hear some of your stories, you tell me, well, God was with us. We, we left, we had to flee from Russia. And my father disappeared. And my mother and the children and I, we escaped on foot. And God was with us. And somehow, we made it to the coast. And somehow... There was this boat that took us to this place called Paraguay. And we landed in Paraguay. And there was nothing there in the Chaco. They said, here is your beautiful land. And there's nothing, no water, no electricity, no roads. This is, this is, this is all for you. But it was, it was a, it was a, some of you have called it a green hell. 
terrible place. That's, that's your lower story, isn't it? But the Lord was with you. That's your upper story. God was with you. While he was in prison, the Lord was with Joseph. And Joseph was promoted in prison to be the head of all the prisoners. Everything that Joseph touched turned to gold, even though he was in prison. He gained the reputation as a person who could interpret dreams. When he got the opportunity to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh, he told Pharaoh what his dreams meant. And Pharaoh said, thank you, Joseph. And before long, he became the head of the administration for Pharaoh's whole country of Egypt. He was the administrator of Egypt. Imagine. Now, all of this didn't happen overnight. This is a 21-year period where Joseph is suffering. He's in prison. He's, he's, he's accused and he's thrown in, in prison. And then all of these stories and then tells Pharaoh, interprets Pharaoh's dreams. 21 years. Have any of you suffered for 21 years? Have any of you, have any of you had arthritis for 21 years? Yeah. I had a heart attack. How old was I, Sarah? 48. So I, I've had, I, I'm a nine, I've nine year survivor of a heart attack. And I'm still alive and I'm not going anywhere. Taking my pills. Nine years. Nine years being careful and eating well and, and trying to take care of my heart, doing my exercising. 21 years, Joseph, from his, from his first um, being captured and sold by his brothers to this time when the Egyptian king basically put him in charge of the nation. When everything is going wrong, we need to remember Joseph's story. No matter what happened to Joseph, the Lord was with him and blessed him. Years went by, just like Bob and his, his photo there. Years went by, and Joseph grew and changed. Joseph kept his faith, and God was able to bless him in amazing ways. And then one day, Joseph's brothers arrive in Egypt. They're tired. They're lost. They're starving. They came to buy grain because there was a famine. So they wanted to go to the head of the nation and, and beg for food so they didn't die. Joseph sold them grain that they needed, which saved them from starvation. But even more amazing, Joseph found it in his heart to forgive them. God used those 21 years of hardship to make Joseph a kind man. What has God been doing with your suffering? Are you becoming a kinder man and a kinder woman because of your suffering? I think that's God's goal for our suffering, is that it makes us more like him. Jesus understands suffering. Yeah. And you understand suffering. I know all of you know suffering one way or another. We know suffering. Here's the beautiful ending to the story in Genesis. Joseph's brothers came and threw themselves down before him. Uh, chapter 50, 18 to 21. And it says, his brothers came, threw themselves down before him, and they said, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? He says to his brothers who sold him, who captured him and sold him, you intended harm for me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. 
I'll provide for you, and I'll provide for your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Could you have been Joseph at that moment? Or would you have been the I told you so kind of Joseph? You grabbed me. You sold me. You know, I'm not going to give you one grain of corn. One bit of wheat. That's not what Joseph did. Joseph gave them everything out of love. You meant harm, but God intended for good. As you look at your life, can you say that about your own life? There were difficulties. There were difficulties. Some things were meant for harm, but God has used the difficulty for good. Can you see God using bad things for good in your life? Can you? I think that's where I'd like us all to get to. Some of us, we may not know, we may not understand why this happened until we go to be with Christ. But our attitude has to be, the Lord is with us, and he will use this. And I will persevere, I will grow in character, I will grow in hope. Joseph is a beautiful story of forgiveness in Scripture. Forgiving those who meant evil for him, even his own brothers. Joseph shows that we need to keep trusting God. Even for 21 years, after 21 years of suffering, he lived another 72 years after that. You can be sure that the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph is at work in you to accomplish his purposes. We don't have to be perfect. We have to be people of faith. Do you believe in God? Do you believe that he is working in your life? That he died for you? Then you belong. Then you belong. And you can trust that God's story is unfolding in your story. And if we keep trusting God, he will use the circumstances of our life to bless us and to bless others. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Joseph. We thank you for his example to us. Father, the example of one who suffered. Example of one who was betrayed by his own family. But Father, you were with him every step of the way. We offer you our lives today, Father, and we say, use us. Father, with the difficulties and the sufferings that we are experiencing right now, we say, Father, use them. May people see you in us through our suffering, through our perseverance, through our love for you. Thank you for Joseph, Father. Use us and make us that light in our families and community. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.